Perspectives, Perspectives, and I'm your host, Sneha. Perspectives is about bringing you conversations from individuals around the world, sharing their stories and experiences of life. We're trying to create a space to have the necessary but sometimes hard conversations on mental health, community, life, and everything in between. Conversation and information are an integral part of our lives and our growth. And with our very same hope, incredible people from all over the globe are sharing their perspective with you. Please know that sometimes these discussions get intense and we touch on topics like depression, anxiety, self-harm, abuse, and more. So if any of these topics can trigger you, please take care while listening. Listen with a friend or someone you trust. If this environment is not immediately available to you, I request a way to learn a better state of mind in a safer space. Also know we are not professionals giving out any medical opinions, but individuals sharing our perspective and our stories. If you need any professional help, please seek the same. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help. Thank you and take care. And without any more further delay, let's get into today's chat. I'm incredibly excited uh, to introduce today's guest. I think they are inspiration personified. I have had a incredible honor of, I rather, I'm incredibly honored to say that we are part of the same community and I have learned so much from my limited interactions with them and I just cannot wait to continue to work together. And I'm so introduced, uh, so incredibly excited to introduce Melati all the way from Indonesia, Bali, uh, to my community as well. And we're, I'm really excited about the conversations we're going to talk about and especially talking about Utopia, an incredible organization that I think more people need to know about. Um, so Malati, thank you so much for taking the time. Maybe introduce yourself a little bit as well. I do not think I've done it justice for sure. <laughs> well, no, not at all. Thank you. And hi, uh, Sneha, and hello to all of you listening at the moment. Uh, my name is Mbali, and I'm currently sitting inside of my um, office, which is actually picture five recycled shipping containers, um, you know, 100 meters away from the ocean, surrounded by rice fields. It is an absolutely beautiful day. So I'm, I'm very honored, and thank you, Sneha, for inviting me uh, to share a little bit more about my story. Um, yeah, my name is Melati. I'm half Dutch, half Indonesian, and a full-time change maker. And I can't wait to hear more about my story and what I've been up to since the age of 12. It's incredible that you started off your journey at the age of 12. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, how many of you remember being 12 years old, or how many of you are 12 years old at the moment listening? Um, you know, the the world was. Um, it didn't have any limitations. There were no hesitations or worries about what could not be done. Um, I simply saw the possibilities. And at the time, something that I saw every single day was the growing problem of plastic pollution. And with that, you know, came the huge awareness and responsibility as well, where my sister and I, at the age of 10 and 12 years old, just said, you know what, what are we going to do? about it. We didn't want to wait until we were older to start creating change. We didn't want to wait until we finished high school or middle school. We wanted to do something now. And um, the rest is pretty much history. We started Bye Bye Plastic Bags with absolutely no plan and no business strategy, no funding. But what we did have was a very clear vision. And I always say that that's really the number one, especially to the young people I work with um, today through Utopia, like my number one biggest tip is just know the type of change you want to create what exactly do you want to achieve and for us we had that very clearly we wanted a plastic bag free bali 
is incredible and honestly what you've continue to do ever since also is nothing short of incredible um i think a lot of times you have people have the vision but they don't know ex- where to start they don't know what to do what exactly is the first step towards that change and you have kind of got the brains behind an incredible space that is well almost creating guidelines for us to follow about how to actually create change so Can you tell us a little bit about Utopia? How did you come up with this idea? Yeah, for sure. I love speaking about Utopia. It's kind of, you know, when I think back to bioplastic bags, it's like the foundation of who I am, starting at 12 years old and I'm now 21 and the excitement of bio, like starting by bioplastic bags was such a joy in comparison to like, you know, being 5 years, 6 years, 7 years and then, you know, all of the heaviness that comes with it. So, what I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is that like now with utopia being at the beginning points i'm feeling the you know that that 12 year old me come up again where i'm just uh, constantly excited with everything that i get to do but yeah um the story of utopia actually starts at bioplastic bags as well because you know i've had the incredible privilege to speak to millions of young people all around the world and you know it didn't really matter where i was in the world whether that was in new york tokyo or here in indonesia in the malukus um Whenever I shared the story of Baba Plastic Bags, the number one question from young people was always how can I do what you do? And that's where the bigger like passion of mine started to seeing okay, how can I make that my mission to answer that very question? How can I help scale change making? Right? Because if there's one thing confirmed throughout my years on the front lines is that um young people have the ability to accelerate the much needed change mm-hmm. we want to see. but as you said sneha it's it's can be daunting where do we start how do i make a team how do i uh, get better in my public speaking skills all of this knowledge currently isn't in a traditional school book right so utopia mm-hmm. is that go to learning platform for young people to learn from each other how to create change and yeah i mean I, you know it's it's it includes people like yourselves just absolutely wonderful change makers who are creating change in their own worlds and utopia is bringing all of us together you know not another forbes 30 under 30 list or time magazine top 10 ch- inspiring change makers but really trying to foster this community where we're constantly having and holding space for us to learn from each other from us to share knowledge to exchange methods and you know i think looking back Utopia is pretty much what I needed being at 12 years old, you know, when I started. Imagine if I could have picked up the phone and called you and said, "Sneha, I'm having a really bad day," or "Sneha, I'm I'm wondering if I can get your input on a campaign that I'm pulling together." That's the power that Utopia is trying to build for all the 12-year-olds out there today. And it's an incredible community that you've created. Ever since I've joined Utopia's circle of youth as well, I've had the um incredible privilege and opportunity to collaborate with other circle of youth members said and these are projects that are going to be coming up in the upcoming months like we've managed to find common ground in our mission and we've actually been able to like pool our resources and come up with ideas together so the space that you're creating it's incredible because i truly believe that community is one of our biggest powers and our biggest coping mechanisms to kind of deal with what well honestly anything and the way that you've kind of uh, structured it and brought it together it's it's commendable honestly thank you i mean it's 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 more amplifying the work that people like yourselves and um you know the people behind me on the wall that i'm sitting behind um with all the circle of youth members it's really utopia's 
hoping to amplify the work that you're already doing on the grounds. And that's the power that a community like the Circle of Youth actually has. And I'm very incredibly honored to be a part of it. Thank you again for inviting me on it. And uh, you've all clearly been on this whole activism journey for a while now. Um, how, are there any standout moments or lessons from this journey that it still keeps you up even now? It kind of jumps into your head, like anything you want to share? Like in a good way or a bad way? You can take the call. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously there, yeah, it's, it's been a long time, hey? Like I was thinking about it the other day. Um, now when I enter conferences or, you know, I'm, I'm going in there, I like, I'm part of the youth group, but I'm amongst the older side, you know? And um, that's something for me, uh, which is really like, um, I guess, eye-opening because when I started all those years ago, you know, young change makers did not make it onto the big news. We did not mm -hmm. have space in these conferences. It was very rare. We would find ourselves amongst, you know, the youngest, you know, below 50, you know, and um, I think nowadays uh, I, I'm, I can sense a really big shift and a really strong like pride when I see a younger person really owning their message. So for me, I think that that's really what keeps me up out of bed because I, I, I hope that my story and my actions, um, you know, can serve as a, a, a role model or an example that if I can do it, others can do it. And I've seen it happen at scale before with Bye Bye Plastic Bag teams. You know, we have 60 teams around the world, um, all from kids in middle school and high school, but with Youthtopia as well, there are so many, so many of us. And um, yeah, I think that that's really what keeps me going, the hope and the knowledge that we're not alone. That gives me a lot of hope. Um, so, do you have any advice that maybe from your own journey you'd like to share with someone that wants to start off as an activist? Mm. Well, I think other than the, the one that I kind of teased out in the beginning was, you know, really be clear in the type of change you want to achieve, right? Don't, don't go out there. I mean, actually, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this as well, because, you know, the other day, like I had a, I was speaking at a school conference and I got a really good question that I actually struggled with the answer um, because the conference and the speech. Um, and this question from a student was, you know, I'm passionate about so many things um, and I want to do so much because I also know so much needs to be done. Um, is it better to focus and find only one or two things or go out there and do everything? And it's difficult for me to answer that question because I think there's, I couldn't agree more that there is so much to be done and the to-do mm -hmm. list is massive. But I think looking back at that question and, and having thought of it for the last couple of days, you know, there's so much power to being able to focus on what you are incredibly good at what you know you can add value to and spreading awareness. I, I don't know. I think that there, it's also a silly thought and maybe a, a young founder's thought, you know, sometimes we think we can do it all. We can build our mm -hmm. websites. We can design the posters. We can post on social media. Sure. I can make a reel. Yeah, of course I can speak at that conference, but like, no, you need to have a team around you and you need to have focus and clarity. So I think it kind of, goes back to my uh, first original uh, 
piece of advice of, you know, finding and choosing what is exactly the change you want to achieve, right? With bioplastic bags, we knew it. It was super clear on plastic bag free Bali, right? And with Utopia, it is a little bit more broad, but I know that everything I'm doing is about education and youth empowerment, specifically that peer-to-peer -peer engagement, right? Mm -hmm. To build a generation of change makers. So I don't know. I, um, yeah, it was an interesting thing. And then I'm drifting uh, very much. So pull me back in. We were talking about tips and advice, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I wanted to just basically if any standout advice that you had for an activist, uh, that's probably starting off on the journey, but I think a better segue would be just how about we talk about the educational platform that Utopia yeah. is now launching. Yeah, because I well, think I'm... that's yeah, no, no. I, I just wanted to highlight one thing because it did. I was targeting that first um, angle about the know your know your type of change, but I did want to add as well for the ones who have been at the front lines for a little bit longer. Um, just the best piece of advice is pace yourself. I think we don't mm -hmm. remind ourselves that enough like just pace yourself we are young we have our whole lives ahead of us and yeah again there's a lot to do but we are achieving a lot so pace yourself and enjoy the journey like actually celebrate go out there on the beach and cheers a beer you know because we did it we did another day of an incredible change making effort so i think yeah for me that would be also my two pieces of advice i've actually learned uh, that lesson very recently pacing myself and understanding that taking a break is okay. Um, I think just the concept that you can't pour from an empty cup is something that I have had to learn. Like at least uh, when I use the term activist, I find it a little hard to kind of use the term for myself. Um, I struggle with that word because I think it does this added pressure and you have to be a hundred percent all the time committed. And I don't know, I feel like if I accept that term, I'm, I have to give my hundred all the time. And if I, make a slight fault then I feel a guilt that I'm not doing enough I'm not mm. doing it right I don't deserve to be called an activist I think so I'm really working on my relationship with that word as well is that something you've ever struggled with I mean I think it's because I started when I didn't even know the word change maker or activist like it just didn't exist in my vocabulary and then it became something that people just labeled me as like you know I would suddenly be speaking at a conference and under my name I would see the word activist or change maker or youth leader and I I, I don't know um I introduce myself as a full-time change maker now um activist I think genuinely a lot of people have an, a hard time with that word simply because of the negative kind of uh, relationship that has been established with the word, right? But it doesn't have to be. I think activists, change maker are people that wake up every single day and say, you know what, I'm going to do as much as I can, that I can in this day to do something better and contribute back to the community I'm from. It doesn't have to be an overnight global change. That's not the point of being an activist. Mm -hmm. um, I think writers are activists. I think researchers are activists. Scientists are activists. You know, we just have to shift the way we think about creating change. And it's, it's definitely not a subcategory of our society. You know, you're not just an activist or just a change maker. We have many different ways of how we create change and how we bring about change. So yeah, I, I'm, how, how do you introduce yourself? Like, um, I, I prefer the word just helping. I, I, I just like to say that I'm someone that wants to help people. 
um, as corny as it sounds, I think it was the motivation behind me choosing law as a career, uh, wanting to pursue human rights law, and yeah. also even continuing this particular organization. Um, I, I've always been the kind of person that wants to help people, and that's just, I, I guess, when I introduce myself, I just say that I'm the creator of an organization that wants to help people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think what you're doing and creating the space and the power of conversation, which you also just said, um, it's key. It's also the first way that you spark inspiration and beyond then you get the wheels thinking in the brain, right? Like, okay, how do I imply this into my everyday life? So I think you're doing more than helping and supporting. You're actually creating that, that much needed space. Well, thank you. That is very kind of you to say. Yeah, definitely. Um, so coming back to Utopia, uh, you have a new educational pl platform that's been launched. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm so excited. Actually, this is the first interview I'm giving about the new platform. So oh, I feel so honored. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's been a learning process, really. Like, honestly, I graduated high school a year early. My gap year turned into gap year plus, 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 plus. And, um, you know, I filmed a really incredible movie that maybe we can spend some time talking about. But basically, the reason why I did all of that of like fast forwarding my my high school formative years was because I really wanted to focus on building Utopia, right? Um, I had this big vision and I, I had this kind of like natural next step after being so many years with plastic bags. How can I help spread and share the knowledge that I was learning on the front lines? And how can I get all of the other change makers that I know, not just, you know, the famous ones that you hear about all the time, like Greta Thunberg or maybe Shiptaskat Martinez, like how can I get Nabila Iqbal or Ilok Mutia or Nesha Ichida, you know, how can I get them to come on and share the knowledge that they have? Um, and that's the vision of Utopia. But the reason why I say it's a learning platform and kind of trying to recap this very short, um, I never believed that I was a tech person. I was definitely, it wasn't something that interested me. And so I think has that, that kind of was always the barrier for the vision to move forward, right? Um, I had no idea where to start. Um, we went through, you know, three tech teams. Uh, we published a, a website uh, that hosted videos, but you know, people in Indonesia couldn't access them because it was on Vimeo. The site itself was really laggy and slow, and you know, to be honest, pretty confusing. So I learned a lot though in that first like phase of setting up the learning platform. I got so much feedback literally connected and built friendships of like some of the first users as well um, through their like, you know, oh, here's a grammar error or like, oh, Mel, like uh, the image is overlapping the text. You know, it was kind of like, it was an exciting moment, but definitely a big headache at the same time. And so what we've been doing after a lot of convincing and kind of re-strategizing, we've um, been able to use a much more friendlier um, tech platform that hosts now the Utopia Learning Platform. And it is better than ever. I mean, it is fast, it is user-friendly, and it hosts more than 108 programs slowly dropping, um, and I'm just enjoying it. it. I never knew that it could be as easy as it was. I think that was a big moment for me as a founder and like a, a young founder as well. Like I had this vision that it had to be created from scratch, you know, that there, pos there was pos no possible way that what I wanted to create was already out there. Mm -hmm. But kind of just taking a step back 
and saying, okay, maybe for one aspect of the company, one aspect of the vision, right, which is the learning platform, the tech part of it, perhaps there is a platform. And that's kind of nerding out at all the different uh, alleyways. But yeah, I just thought it was cool to share, you know, the development and that it's not always, you don't always get it right the first time. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot of learning for us, for sure. But we're feeling very confident about this new learning platform that's now live. This is so exciting. Well, I will obviously be linking all the websites and all the uh, required information when this episode goes live. Uh, but this is incredibly exciting. What you're creating is without a doubt changing the course of activism as a whole, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the email that I got that made me like the most happiest just this week already, um, you know, we went live with the learning platform and like literally within the first 48 hours or yeah, three days, we basically had someone um, complete an entire masterclass, reach out to us and share that because of that masterclass, which was a masterclass that Mohammed Aljunde led for us on the topic of community building, um, specifically from the perspective of a refugee. Um, Mohammed fled Syria when he was 12 and ended up building a school in Lebanon where he was in the camp. Um, really inspiring story, but he gave a masterclass on how to really effectively build community in times of crisis. And this, um, I don't want to say user, but this utopian on our learning platform, right? Uh, after the completion of his masterclass, the masterclass at Utopia, um, he sent an email saying that now um, he's joined and volunteering at a refugee uh, rescue uh, organization in his hometown and that he's applying everything he learned from the masterclass in his everyday um, activism that he's just starting because of the inspiration he got and the role models, right? Because it's, it's all about showing that um, you know, there are young people that are the same age as you and I, and we can do it. And if we can do it, you can do it too. So yeah, it's, it feels really amazing. I'm like finally able to breathe again. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, my organization works primarily in the wellness space and mental health is a big part of our mission as well uh, here. And I am curious, uh, being an activist, it, it isn't easy. Um, you're on the front lines and you're constantly bombarded with a lot of hard hitting information. Um, have you ever found your activism affect your mental health and how have you managed to balance working in this space, but also taking care of yourself? Hmm. Yeah, I think this is something that um, more and more I've been, you know, trying to learn a little bit um, more about and kind of implement. I've, I feel like I've always been very aware and like self-aware and I can tell when I'm feeling what and why. Um, I, I've, if people explain who I am or try and, you know, give a little bit of feedback of, of who is Malati, you will always hear them say, oh, she's a, she's an old soul in a young body, right? So I've always been very self-aware and very serious actually about how I'm internally um, digesting information, what, how that makes me feel and all of that. So hyper aware for the good or for the bad, I don't know. Um, but I'm 21 and I've had two massive burnouts in my life. Um, the first one being around when I was 16. Um, it was like, it didn't last very long. Well, 
I'm very lucky it didn't last very long, but um, it was combined with, you know, being a teenager, having your first boyfriend, put in the drama of your first prom dance. I mean, come on, it was tough, you know? So I think because it, it was only very natural, there was a little bit of an outburst and like, you know, going to parties and not wanting to come home, even though I had a conference the next morning, you know, I was like full on just frustrated, you know, because I was working my beep off and um, like there was no real change that I saw. And I think that's the source of a lot of people's burnouts, especially in the field of like creating change when things are happening so slowly and you know, meeting after meeting, it's, it becomes to a point where you're saying, okay, how many more meetings, how many more press releases, how many more minutes of meetings do I need to receive in my inbox before we start to see real change happen? Mm -hmm. And so at 16, I kind of hit my first like wall where I just had a full on teenage rebellion with myself and with the world. And I just felt like lost in purpose. Um, and I guess the way that I came back from it was by having a very supportive ecosystem and just having, you know, my, my mom and my mom is a big source of support for me, but also my sister, my dad, um, and just being able to kind of articulate. I think that's really a gift that I've always had is my ability to articulate, especially when it gets difficult. You know, I can do that really well on stage with a CEO, but it's another thing to do it really well when you're trying to channel your internal emotions and what you're navigating in life. And I had a really great sounding board, you know, every dinner around the table, I would just reflect. And that was my biggest like release and ability, like time to kind of digest. And I spent a little time off work and in nature and really focusing on school. Um, yeah, and then the next thing you know, things keep picking up and the world keeps going. And I don't think I learned very well because only a couple, you know, maybe a year or so later, again, another burnout. And um, this time it was a little bit more serious because it was also, you know, reaching the end of my high school. I was doing it a year early. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. Everybody else went to, to, to college. Um, and uh, I was convinced that I could create my own sort of career path but without having any sort of like, I guess not, a, I did have a plan, but like, you know, you're really creating it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a bit of a scary moment. And that burnout was saved by the journey that I did with Bigger Than Us um, because it came at a time where I was, you know, I, I, I felt alone all over again, really just simply like not knowing who to turn to, you know, all of, my friends on the island were doing and focusing on very different things than I was. Um, yeah, it just felt very alone and bigger than us, where I traveled around the world at 18 years old, meeting, you know, Mohammed, meeting Mary Finn, meeting Renee Silva, Shuteska, like I met seven or wait, or six, seven is me, um, six different change makers who are the same age as I am doing like really incredible things. And um, it kind of restored my confidence and my belief that there are so many of us out there and that we're all going through a lot of the same things, even though, you know, 
Mo is focusing on refugee rescue, uh, Mary as well. Uh, Renee is focusing on, you know, freedom of speech. Shitescat is rapping on stage and making incredible music, you know, super different, but so similar at the same time. So that kind of mm -hmm. allowed me to, and articulate, I was hosting and, and kind of create, building that common thread throughout the seven or six different stories. And I was having in, insane conversations. So that's why I really, adore what you say and like align with what you say when you say conversations are you know arguably the most powerful tool in creating change well thank you firstly thank you so much for sharing that um it's an incredible power to be so vulnerable and honest about uh these kind of journeys and the reason why we are so big on conversation is because when we're so open about things like this when people hear stories and when they hear things like this it's like you say they get inspired but at the same time, they also feel validated and acknowledged if they can share certain um, experiences or if they find it to be relatable, even if it's to just a certain extent. And I think that sensation of validation and acknowledgement makes them feel less alone. Mm -hmm. And that can be potentially life-changing, which is why conversation is such a huge part of the Mind Matters project. So yeah. um, thank you again for sharing that and for saying what you did. Um, you touched a little bit about Bigger Than Us. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Bigger Than Us is a full-length documentary feature film um, covering the story of seven different change makers, of which I kind of try and lead and narrate the entire film. It was really an incredible opportunity and a once-in-a-lifetime sort of moment for me. Um, at 18 years old, in my gap year, I traveled the world and got to meet and spend time with these change makers, um, whether that was in, you know, Lesbos in Greece or Lebanon. Um, I spent time in the favelas in Rio de Janeiro. I went to Malawi, and I, I, I really learned about all these sorts of different issues. Um, I always say my plastic bubble kind of bursted and I learned about, you know, uh, girls access to education and how real and serious of an issue that still is today. Um, you know, I learned about freedom of speech and the fact that um, activists literally die on the front lines for speaking up and speaking truth to power. Um, I learned about the refugee crisis, the food security crisis. I mean, Literally, it was a, a very big reality check for me to, you know, acknowledge my privilege, but also restock on fuel and more fire to keep on going. Because there's, again, so much that we need to be doing. And so many of us are called to the front lines. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Um, where can we find this documentary? Yeah, so at the moment, <laughs> it's still in all in the cinema releases, um, but we're working towards getting it on an online um, streaming platform. But actually, you know, that's a whole other thing. I learned so much about this industry of the film world and the, oh my goodness, wow, what a totally different world. Um, we premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, one of the most prestigious films, uh, film festivals in the world. And, you know, we went there on the red carpet and um, I think we did like 200 interviews uh, out of the five days that we were there. It was literally one of the wildest experiences of my life. But, you know, I came back down from, not space, but I came back from Cannes. <laughs> That's what it feels like for sure. But yeah, this, the film is um, currently cinema release and then hopefully soon we're exploring platforms like either Netflix, um, 
Disney Plus or potentially even just releasing it um, once we're done with the cinema routes uh, just out for free in the public. Well, I hope we can find it soon because it sounds like an incredibly inspiring piece of art for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my things like, you know, I'm, I really cannot wait for it to be out. Um, also, because I think now more than ever, it's a, it's a relevant uh, narrative. You know, we need to start seeing the, the interconnectedness between all of us who are at the front lines. It's no longer, you know, you're a plastic bags activist or you're an education rights activist or a child's right activist. Like we're all in it together and we have our separate tunnel vision focuses. But the collaboration, once that's established, allows us to accelerate change. And I think the film is a great moment and um, tool to kind of put the foot in the door, you know, and open it up to a larger conversation. I couldn't agree more. And honestly, um, just the way you're explaining and kind of expressing your sentiment about community and how powerful it can be, um, I would love to know what exactly, what, what, how would you define um, community to you? How would I define community? Sneha, this is great question. Like something I'm not used to being asked. Um, how would I define community? Um, I think community is a group of people that um, can lean on each other and really count on each other. Um, at Utopia, you know, with the community that we're trying to build with the circle of youth, we're almost 200 individuals tops at the moment. And it's, a lot of individual people with a lot of different things going on with a lot of different focuses, opinions, um, campaigns. <coughs> and um, one of the big, sorry, one, one second. Oh, my throat got really dry there. Um, one of the biggest focuses or hopes that we're trying to do with the circle of youth and with the community is making sure that they feel like we're there for each other. You know, whether that's amplification of each other's uh, campaigns and organizations or whether it's, you know, signing a, a, an open letter or I think for me, that's the best way that I can explain community is like a group of people that you feel like will always be there to support you. Um, and it's not necessarily always in the best way because, you know, it's not like you get a bunch of people agreeing with you and saying, oh, great job, great job, oh, amazing, so inspirational. No, a community is also a group of people that will always be there for you, but will also um, correct you or help shape or help um, challenge your ideas, you know? And I think that that's what you can expect from a good community. I love that definition. I actually share a very similar um, understanding of it as well. It's not just individuals that you constantly agree with, but individuals that will force you to think out of the box, force you to reevaluate your concepts and, and teach you uh, more than what you are already comfortable with. I think um, the idea of community for me is stepping out of our bubble. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, how do you manage to stay so motivated to continue with your work? Because I can imagine that you probably had some setbacks on this journey because it, it isn't easy. And um, I, again, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I am curious about this because maybe it's a cultural thing. Uh, I've had an experience, I've had experiences where um, I have been asked to not express my opinion because uh, they came to say that you're only so, you're only this age, you don't know anything yet. 
Has this been something that you've ever had to deal with? Mm. Yeah, I think, I'm not sure, but I, I have a feeling that culturally the places we both come from are very similar um, in the sense that like, it's not only the, the youth aspect of like us being too young to be able to give a valid input, but also the fact that we are, <coughs> sorry, the fact that we are uh, young girls. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that extremely, um, you know, when, especially when we were younger and just starting out and nobody really, we didn't have a track record, we didn't actually know what we were doing, but we were passionate and we came out every single day to every government meeting, to every community gathering, and we were persistent. But I think it took a long time before we gained like a serious commitment or a serious engagement where we were not just invited to be cute or to be inspirational, you know, and I think it, it came through a lot of that commitment and persistence from our side for others to be able to see that we were not going anywhere until the changes we wanted to see took place. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I, my sister and I, I don't know, our childhood was magic, like, honestly, my mom is from Holland, my dad is from Surabaya, another part here in Indonesia, and it could, you could not imagine two totally different cultures coming together under one household. Um, and what they created was like a, a separate world for me and my sister to explore and to kind of articulate and to explore and discover and question all sorts of different aspects in life. And that allowed me and my sister to kind of have a strong backbone and have an, an unlimited, you know, abundant source of energy um, and confidence in ourselves and I think that that's also it's key um, you know self-awareness and knowing who you are and being confident and trusting yourself before trusting other people um, is what allows us to keep coming up you know on that stage showing up at every meeting because at the same time as us having those strong foundational roots for who we are as individuals we can also understand that what we're trying to achieve is much bigger than ourselves if that makes sense yeah it absolutely does and thank you so much for sharing that um honestly this has been a very inspiring chat for me as well um i have always admired you and i was so so excited when you agreed to be on my podcast um working with you has been a highlight of the past of the mind matters journey and i'm really excited about what we can continue to do together. Um, kind of like trying to wind up with our conversation. I would love to know uh, what, what, what is your hope for um, Utopia, the world, the work that you're doing? I mean, I hope that Utopia, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. My biggest hope with uh, Utopia is that we become the go-to platform for young people to learn how to create change. And this is mainly because I, I know that there are so many of us, every time I look at the youth movement space, we're getting involved at a younger and younger and younger and younger age. And I really hope that, um, you know, kind of like how Khan Academy is for science and math or Coursera is for those university accreditations, Utopia is the go-to platform for young people to learn from each other on how to create change. That's really the vision and the mission that I, I, I see Utopia becoming. Also simply because I know there has been no better time than right now to introduce something like this into the world. That is incredible, but that is an incredible hope. And I truly do believe that Utopia is well on its way to become that go-to spot. Um, 
I usually end uh, my chats with, do you have any words or, or a message for the listener? But I'm going to change it up a little today because I feel like um, I would love to hear the answer for this. And I feel I, I, I would love that you also walk away from this call answering this particular question, which would be, what is something that you're most proud of? What is something I'm most proud of? Um... Hmm, let's see, what is something I'm most proud of? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I think my most proud, like my most recent proud achievement, um, thinking back to actually something that happened this weekend, um, going back to my real like OG roots of activism, like bye-bye plastic bags, you know, um, we hosted our first ever global summit where like genuinely all these team leaders that I've never even met before, um, but I've, you know, via chat and Instagram and stuff connected with and have been mentoring um, for the last several years almost, uh, got to present and got to pitch and got to share to the world what they've been doing in their local areas towards plastic pollution and plastic bags in specific. And for me, like just watching and just listening and being able to take a backseat sort of position and give the microphone and give the platform to other more younger, more, you know, energetic humans. <laughs> that for me is something that I was really proud of. I literally, I kind of, the whole time I was like in a trance just seeing the evolution of these young change makers, you know, some of them who were so shy before being able, like when they first applied to being a Bye Bye Plastic Bag team, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think seeing the evolution in the young people that I'm surrounding myself with and mentoring and, and just being able to see them become their best selves. That's an incredible ripple effect that you've actually been a, a huge part of creating. And this is one reason why I absolutely love the kind of space that Utopia connect, uh, creates, which is um, the kind of support that you give to grassroots um, change makers. Um, yeah. I've worked in international law for a while now because that is my interest. I've worked with big nonprofit names here in my country and I've often seen that politics does affect so much of the actual effort and actual change that goes in, whether it's in funds or whatever it is. But grassroots uh, initiatives are where you can actually see the change happen, like the locals working in it. And that eventually does create a ripple effect. And that's basically what you've done with Bye Bye Plastic Bags. So I hope you are truly proud of it because your actions from almost 10 years ago has created something that's potentially going to save this world and save our future generations as well. Oh, thank you, Siha. It's, it's honestly, this conversation is exactly what I needed today. So thank you. I'm really glad. Uh, thank you again so much for joining me. And I look forward to continuing to work together. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much.